Welcome everyone. I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show, inspired by the grandfather of inspiration himself, Zig Ziggler. Our focus here is you and your personal development. The way to have more tomorrow is to become more today. So we bring you the best of today's world influencers and their messages and discover how we can all apply new and classic methodologies of personal growth to our lives. In this episode, what to say to sell your product or service. And folks, uh, if you've heard this show for long, if you've listened to Zig Ziglar, you know that we believe you are selling. We're all salespeople one way or another, and you'll hear more about that in this show. We generally approach conversations like we approach walking. You just do it, right? You don't think much about it. And while we aren't judged too much on our walking, unless you're a runway model, we're definitely judged or maybe I should say responded to according to uh, how we do conversations. And that reality is dramatically maximized when we have an actual agenda, which we generally do. Uh, and when we're trying to influence someone to do something or buy something or hear something, listen to something, whether that doing is to go on a date with us, getting kids to do homework or chores, or the big ones selling a product or service or idea or message. And most everyone listening here to The Ziggler Show is at some point trying to sell someone, especially in our work, our businesses, and our careers. We are directly selling a product or service or idea, and we're always along with that selling ourselves. And you may be trying to sell someone on giving you a raise or a promotion. So the point is, how do you go about it? Do you have any strategy at all? We talked with Phil M. Jones in episode 723, and some of what we covered was from his book, Exactly What to Say. With this topic in mind, I asked the Ziegler audience this question. If I was really interested in your product or service and you had the chance to pitch me on it right now, do you have any strategy for what you would say and how you would say it. I mean, Ziegler's roots are in sales. So I had Tom Ziegler join me in this show where we work to cover the topic and help you understand a strategy that you're going to want to adapt for yourself, adopt for yourself. Uh, before we hit that, folks, hey, a quick thank you again to all of you who sent well wishes and congrats as we celebrated eclipsing 40 million downloads. That's a big number, and I'm just honored. Thank you for listening, for recommending The Ziggler Show to others, and mostly for passing on The Ziggler legacy of striving to inspire true performance in yourself and others. And speaking of sharing, if you share a show on social media, would you let us know? Uh, you can tag me if on if you're on Facebook especially, but just let us know so we can thank you. We so often run across people who are sharing the shows, and we like to be able to connect with you and just thank you for doing that. All right, so Tom Ziegler is going to join me to start talking through your comments about this question on selling right after I share some great products and services with you. Well, Tom, I took the opportunity here to talk about sales. I mean, I think a, a vast majority of the Ziegler audience is involved. No, you know, of course, as your dad so well said, we're all in sales. We're all trying to influence people in certain degrees. Uh, but I think the majority of our audience is involved vocationally in sales, whether they're doing it directly or they're part of a company that obviously then has to sell that product. Uh, and with, you know, as uh, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And that was said quite a while ago. I still think that. But we're in a culture today that my experience being out there as a consumer is there seems to be less and less 
knowledge of just general basic sales uh, than ever. I don't know if that has to do with our information age and we just figure people go find what they want. And when they contact you, they're ready to go. And uh, man, I see it done poorly. So I'm hoping that this is a good primer to everybody on the reality that not many of us know that much have really been taught much about sales. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it is uh, we expect the consumer to be knowledgeable now. That's yeah. You yeah. know, and we also get a little lazy uh, because there's, you know, there's all this information out there and, and uh, people more than ever, I think just because of the way social media and technology works, we also are a little bit more self-centered, you know, it, it's, it's kind of about us and great salespeople ask great sales questions and it's about uncovering the need of the other person. And so, you know, even the question that you, that you pose to the audience is a great question. Uh, but how could I sell somebody something until I know what they need? Yeah. Well, so I think there, uh, well, you know, let's just dive in. I think anything that I've, I've got some, some thoughts I want to share on this, but I will, uh, I'll share them as we go through and cover some of the responses. So, uh, Keith Barton here, and he says, uh, always listen to customers needs and sell them what they need, not what you want to sell. And he says he sells uh, or is involved with mowers, chainsaws, lawn care equipment. That's his sales area. One of his personal favorite statements is all mowers make the tall grass short, but when you need service after the sale, that's when you appreciate what he does. Uh, and customers for life is their company motto. Um, I like that. I mean, he feels like he, he knows his clientele to some degree and knows I, that's a great line there that, you know, whatever mower you have is going to make it, make the grass shorter, but it's the problems afterwards that that's when you want help. So I like that tactic, um, from him and listening to customers need to sell them what they need, not what you want to sell. And I thought when I first read that, I thought he was going to go. It made me think of that aspect of, we well, do want to sell people what they, what they want. Uh, not always what we think that they need. So we can play with both sides of that. Yeah. And that's kind of a, when I have in the back of my head, there's a couple of things that I use kind of as a, as a uh, approach. The first one, you just hit on it. I like to sell people what they want and then give them what they need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what they want is a chainsaw, a mower, or a piece of yard equipment that does the job is easy to operate. And if, and then, but I also need, know that they need, they need safety. They probably need some sort of a maintenance program or a warranty. Uh, they didn't come in looking for a maintenance program or a warranty, but I know they need it. Yeah. Um, uh, but so I sell them what they want. And then if I'm good, I can package it in to where they get everything. Uh, when you sell them what they need and disregard what they want, you, you lose them emotionally. Yeah. Right. I didn't come here for that. And so people buy emotionally, uh, different personality styles. They use more logic, but you really have to win both battles. But if we can win the emotion battle first and make it easy, then that's a great way to do it. The other thing that I do is I have this little uh, phrase or this little word that's kind of my word. And the, and the word is, the word is trust. 
So ultimately, the ultimate thing we need to do in a relationship is build trust. So we have an acronym for trust in the sales uh, process. It stands for think, relate, understand their need, sell the solution, and then take action or close the sale. Yeah. So the think part is before they ask you to sell you something, right? You're, you're doing the call planning, you're figuring out, okay, this type of client likes X. Uh, you're kind of thinking about them in general, maybe getting ready for the encounter, doing your homework, finding out as much as you can about them. So that's usually the pre-call stuff. Relate, uh, people buy from people they trust. Yeah. So I gotta know, hey, Kevin, you know, how big is your yard? You know, is it just going to be you doing it? Uh, because I know you've got tons of kids and you're going to say, well, no, my kids are going to use it. Well, you'd probably, you've had experience with power tools. You probably want the safest lawnmower on the market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? Absolutely. Right. So I'm relating, you know, well, you know, is, is, is your wife going to, uh, cut the grass? You know, those are, so we're going back and forth. Then I'm understanding the needs after that. Yeah, I've got some pretty big slopes on my property. I probably, you know, a self-driving mower or, and you've got acreage. You might yeah. want a riding mower. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so then we sell the solution after all that. And then asking for the order is simply to take an action. So trust is my mantra going in. I got to build trust. And I can't do that until I can relate and build a relationship and understand their need. And only then do we go into the into what we have to offer. It's interesting you said that because I literally, we have a, I, how many years ago? I don't know. I bought a riding lawnmower uh, and I, nobody would have known that unless they asked, which I don't know that anybody did. I bought it for my wife. Uh, she likes to mow. She, that's a break for her to go out there, uh, grab a soda, go sit on the riding lawnmower and she'll just go mow. She may be singing while she's mowing. She does. I can't stand mowing the yard and she loves it. So I bought it with her in mind. She calls it hers. She has a name for it. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, who would ask that? They would think I'm the guy, I'm the man coming in. They would sell directly to me and they'd be missing what my point is, but I, I appreciate what you said about emotion and trust. The thing that is interesting to me is how often people, and I can put myself in this, in this scenario, I'm calling Maybe I need to deal with something, especially something I may not be excited about, but I need to get it. And I'm almost looking for a reason not to make a decision and not to trust the person. And, uh, people don't take that into into account. Well, here, let me just keep going here. TJ says, I ask questions and I listen. In my opinion, too many people get caught up in trying to sell their product or service and forget that for the most part, people are interested in themselves and what's in it for them. They don't care about you or what you have to offer, only what it does for them. The best way to help them see if your product or service is a great fit is to ask questions and listen. And he said, I run a house cleaning business. And the first thing I ask when I sit down with a potential customer is, so tell me what's going on in your world that made you want to invite me out today. I, I, that was great. Uh, I, I agree that people, we think about that, uh, the product, our product or service. And uh, you know, on one hand, people want the result like that. Do they want a lawnmower? No, they want cut grass. They want a, a nice lawn and to focus on the result. But also, I appreciate what he said that when somebody calls, 
uh, that, you know, that in the, in the medical uh, practice that I'm involved in, Tom, when somebody calls in here, that's the first question. For you to call into a specialty clinic where we do functional medicine, that didn't just happen. You didn't find us just by flipping through different ideas. You came to us because uh, you had and you understood what we do. You're obviously looking for different. What's going on with you? That's why I start every I, back when I did the sales, every single call, and then they just feed it to me. They're happy to talk about what's going on with them. And they, of course, hand feed everything that we need to then come back and say how we can meet that need. Absolutely. And, you know, in a sale, and this is just kind of selling one-on-one, there's two things that are real important in order to uh, satisfy a client's need and make the sale. So if I have a product or service that's going to be a win for the customer, the best case scenario for both of us is they take advantage of it, mm-hmm. right? If I have a product or service that has value and solves a problem, fairly priced, and will deli- deliver ecstatic, uh, phenomenal service in the customer's eyes, then the worst thing that can happen is they don't buy, Okay. And so one of the things that increase the odds of somebody taking action today is a sense of urgency. Hmm. And so when you ask that simple question, so tell me what's going on in your world that made you want to invite me out today? TJ, what an awesome question. That is a sense of urgency question. Mm -hmm. Just like when they call into true life medicine, first time call what made you call today, right? There's something going on. There's something bugging them. There's, they've been meaning to do this. Well, if we can solve their sense of urgency need, right? Hey, let's get you in right now. Uh, let's, you know, wow, this sounds important. Oh, you've got a big party coming up. You want me to come clean the house? I mean, these are, these are great things uh, to know. Urgency is a prime motivator. Urgency, scarcity are two of the things. So, mm-hmm. uh, I know your practice is pretty busy now, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. And so you've got the two things going for you when somebody calls in right out of the gate. Hey, I want to know why you're calling in because if it is urgent, we're going to have to find, look hard to get us a, an appointment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those are, that's just a great, great lead-in question yeah absolutely that uh scarcity works works well in there and and, you know in one aspect here too um i am a fan of i do this as part of my tactic for sales but i'm also a fan what's done to me of humility i we're i think we're so used to people if they've got something they believe in it and that's awesome but they come on so strong Come on like a, a, you know, a know-it-all and ultimate authority. I love just humility. And I, I do feel like there's a little more, I don't know if this is fair, maybe a little more need for that in today's, you know, day and age. I think we're so, people seem to be so sensitive to the, you know, to a hard sell. Um, and uh, they like somebody who, yeah, what we're talking about understands their needs and, and can sympathize with them, empathize with them even. Um, yep. Um, and you know, humility is, I mean, it's so gratifying when you talk to somebody who's humble, uh, and you can also, you can be humble and you can also, um, because a lot of, you know, what we teach our small business owners through our small business training 
is, hey, you know what? We're going after what we call Mercedes level clients. We, we want high end customers who are willing to pay, pay for a great experience, but also have uh, pretty high requirements, right? They're, they're not satisfied with okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It needs to be above average. And so one of the great ways to show humility and to also kind of raise the, the status of your client base is to say things like, you know, we made a decision here to do things, a, to, to do A, B, and C. You know, we may not even be a fit for you. Yeah. And so what you're then doing is you're having the prospect We'll say, wait a second. You know, what do you? What is it that makes you kind of exclusive? Oh, well, this is this is who we're really set up to cater to, and you know, we're not a fit for everybody. And so that that just outright honesty up front. This is who we are, and hey, we love you anyway. And so don't feel bad if it's you know if if you choose not to come with us. That humility up front. That kind of hey, this is who we are. That transparent honesty it actually does something very positive in a sales situation. And that is their mindset stops changes from reasons why they usually come in and say, looking for a reason why I'm not going to do business with you. Right. And then they start flipping their channel and their mind onto, well, it seems like you have a lot of things that I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so that softer kind of uh, humble approach, is a great way to get them to think about, hey, wait a second, maybe there is a maybe there is a connection here. Hey, you are listening to The Ziggler Show and I am grateful. What we just covered right there on humility is such a big, big deal, folks. I don't think sales would ever really have had a bad feeling about it throughout history if everyone doing it did so with humility. If you struggle with sales, try it on for size. Next, we're going to talk about dealing with someone's objections, and my personal tactic is to agree with them. It takes all the pressure off right after I share some great products and services with you. Travis Alexander was was our next one here, and he actually said, well, after your talk with Phil Jones, I would definitely start with, I'm not sure if this is for you, but dot, dot, dot. I love that. It's the very first chapter in Phil's book, uh, Exactly What to Say talks about that as a tactic. And just to what you said, uh, Tom, it changes uh, the perspective. I, I have, I don't want to say fun. That sounds minimizing, but to some degree to that, when somebody does come up with an objection, I will tend to agree with them. Uh, and I mean, I understand that again, the humility aspect of it. And then often we'll say, you know, this, just what you said, Tom, this may not be the place for you. And I'll come up with some other recommendations. You know, you could try so-and-so try this company or try this place. And then generally you'll see them do just what you said, Tom. And it's always just so interesting. It makes me smile where they then start selling themselves on saying why you are a good fit, why you could be, why you are a better, a better fit. You know, and maybe one of our listeners knows the source of this, but I heard a great um, sales question. And so this is after you've presented, this is my product or service. It's very traditional to say, Hey, Kevin, on a scale of one to 10 with 10 saying I'm buying today, how close are you to buying today? Hmm. Hmm. Well, most people answer it this way. They say, well, I'm a seven. And then usually the salesperson says, well, what would it take to move to get me to move you from a seven to a 10? Mm-hmm. 
I heard it positioned this way, a little bit more powerful. Wow, Kevin, a seven. Golly, that's that's great. Can you tell me why you're a seven instead of a four or five? I mean, seven's pretty oh, wow. strong. Yeah. And so now you hear what it is that they really, really like about it. Yeah. And when the when the prospect puts that in their own voice in their own words, then it and then it cre- it creates a hey, I want this more feeling. Uh, and of course, if they give you a two or a three or whatever, uh, that tells you a lot too, right? You yeah. know, you you can say, oh well, gosh, we got a long way to go. I'm I'm not sure this is a good fit for you. <laughs> And this is what brings us to, and this is why I interviewed Phil Jones and we've interviewed other people on communications and sales is for us all to have a strategy. And I think to what you said a minute ago, Tom, that we have kind of gotten lazy. We've got the internet. People can go theoretically get the information that they want. And we'd like to just be on the other end of the phone call or the email or whatever, and just be order takers. And uh, especially if you've got a higher end product or like what you said, a premium product, which I think most people do hardly any product or service has not been commoditized to some degree these days. And I don't know many people in my peer group who are selling uh, for price for lowest price. They're selling generally with a better offering, a better product, a better service. And so I'm going to call out a premium and, uh, uh, you got to, you know, and so it's a, it's a, it's a decision. Why should people give you their money uh, instead of giving it to someone else? And we've got to give them a good reason. Uh, Wendy here, she says, I provide a concierge styled approach to helping you with all your insurance needs. And I, I pulled that one out because I, I get it. Um, and this may not be doing justice to her because I bet there's more to her pitch there. That one, I, I, I do hear that a lot. I can help you with your finances in any way, shape, or form. Anything to do with your finances. Or I can help you with your, your health. Uh, anything about your health. I don't think people believe those statements anymore. We are in such a specialized economy that people want to hear a specific. If I have an eye problem, I want to go to an eye doctor. I don't want to go to a doctor and say, oh, I can help you with anything. I don't believe it. I've gotten to be that way. Well, with coaching, Tom, to some degree, I struggle with the whole life coaching thing. I'm a life coach. What do you need help with in your life? I'll help you with. I don't believe it. Even if you can, that statement, I think, does a disservice to you. I think you're better off to give a specialization. And I I saw that with my dad. You know my dad well, Dan Miller, and he's, uh, he calls himself a lot. He does call himself a life coach, but you ask the world about him. They know him for career. He wrote, wrote the book, 48 Days to Work You Love. He's the career guy, and that's the tip of the spear for him. But then to do that well, he is a life coach. Comes back to what you said, Tom, to... Uh, sell people what they want, uh, you know, that's, and it's usually a specific and through that, you can give them what they need. If you're going to do coaching, of course they need, you got to look at all areas of your life. You're going to get to do that, but you need to come in there. So just back to what Wendy, you know, talks about with all your insurance needs. Uh, I don't, to me, really every single aspect of insurance, that's, that's to me, it's a little bit of a hard sell or is it to look at my lifestyle and help me figure out a package of insurance products that fit my, you know, core, uh, my core desires. Uh, I'd just be with everybody. I'd be careful in trying to make the big, big generalizations that I can help you in every area of health, every area of insurance, every area of finance. You know, Kevin, since we're talking about coaching, yep. um, we, of course, we, we had a whole podcast on it, but we, we've launched the, 
the choose to win coaching system. And that's for coaches. It's, it's for people who want to build a, a coaching business. Well, we have what we call a strategy session with everybody who's interested before, uh, before we say, Hey, do you want in? Yeah. And the reason is, this has got to be a fit. So these are great. These are, I'm just going to go through these seven questions yeah. that we ask that we ask everybody. <laughs> so the first one, this is going to sound familiar. What's happening in your life right now that prompted you to schedule this call? Beauty. Right. Number two, what are the main changes you want to make? How long have you felt this way? What is that costing you? Right. Let's imagine anything is possible in all seven areas of your life. What would you love? How does it feel to be living that life? What does your family think? And finally, what this is, this is kind of our, because we in the coaching process, because we, we partner with people, we help them build. Um, we just, we just ask this because we want clarity. We want them to say, I want that. We don't want to say, okay, you know, blah, 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 bye, blah, 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 bye. We want them to say, you know what? That's what I want. So here's the last question. What do you need to bridge the gap between your current life and the life you would love living? Yeah. That's a, that last question. You can apply that to a lot of, a lot of industries and a lot of things, but we're the bridge. And so when we're helping people as like a bridge helps somebody get from one side to the other, man, selling is it's serving. So a lot of this is the motive, the attitude, the, the, you know, what's your purpose? Why are you doing it? And when you're there to serve, when you're there to help them, uh, then the humility, the transparency, the trust, all of those things, uh, they become the guardrails of the relationship mm -hmm. and it keeps you straight. Well, and now those questions, you're pertaining that to the business of coaching. Right. So this is how cool it is. So let's just say you're thinking, I want to be a coach. I might want to be as a choose to win Ziegler coach. We would, we would spend about an hour with you going through those questions. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you would have clarity. Now, this is what's cool is we now teach you how to ask those questions Yeah. because what you're going to do when you go out now, what kind of coaches do we have? We have coaches who are, who focus on business owners. We have coaches on health and fitness. We have coaches in every area. And so I agree. I'm a life coach. I do everything. Uh, you know, that's very difficult. There are few people uh, who, who can do that. So the, the more you specialize, the better you are. And then when you specialize in something, guess what? They're going to need help in other areas too. And that's where the life coach really comes in. Hey, health and fitness, why aren't you working out? Because our family's going through a crisis. <laughs> well, suddenly you're a life coach. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I, I like the term life coach, but I, I love it when it's, Hey, I'm, I help in this part of your life. And by the way, I can, you know, if you need some help in that other, and that's how your dad's grown up. You know mm -hmm. what? I would doubt that there's a question he hasn't been asked. Not likely. So, yeah, yeah I think that's the, if we're talking about coaching specifically, that you, any type of coaching, if you're going to do it well, you're going to do life coaching within it. You can't do it well without that. 
Uh, I am just a fan and believer of having a specialization, have a tip yeah. of the spear, because if I'm going after coaching, I'm going to go after, if I need financial coaching, I'm going to go after financial, a financial coach, somebody who specializes in that. And I may even want further specialization. I may want an investment. I don't want a finance coach who's big on decks. I may not have debt. I may have money that I want to invest. So I want somebody who tells me that now within that, hopefully they're doing what you just talked about. And they're looking at what is the bigger picture of your life. I just went to, gosh, a few months ago, went to a, uh, uh, kind of a fancy dinner and a friend of mine was leading it. He does and he's an, inv- he, uh, is a, a financial advisor for affluent people. And he put this event on and it was just for that Tom. He said, look, you, it was for all his clients. I am here uh, to help you guys make money, you know, with your money. Uh, but I can't do that well unless I know what is the end result for you? What is it that you want to achieve? What are your goals? What are your values to, to really do you a good service? I need to know that even if I can take anybody's money and make more money with it, I need to do that. So I think we're, we're finding that we want people who are more connected with their purchases uh, in any way, shape or form with any of their services and their products. They want more connection to them. And then we're into, you know, branding and all that. I do want to point out though, that the way I ask this question, and this goes to one of our recent shows as well. Uh, we did one on prospecting and I set it up as, you know, how would you sell this to me if I came with interest already? Uh, we are not talking necessarily about cold calling, uh, not nothing against that, but this was after you have, you know, put your spotlight out to some degree, these are people who have an interest. They have called you, they have contacted you. Uh, so I am on, I'm past that first step with this question and how I phrased it. These are people who are interested and then how are you going to meet that? Now, you know, I am going to pick on one here, Tom, and we understand it, but Mary, she simply said, so this was apparently her opening question or leading question. What is your dream life look like? This may be a little jaded. Actually it is. When I hear that, I by proxy think she's in a network marketing company. <laughs> because that's what they get to doing. And that is, I'll, I'll share my, my soap or my little pet peeve with network marketing is so often you have people and they're involved. They want to yeah, expand your view on life and get you motivated and whatever. And they don't talk enough about what that product or service is. And I find out a lot of times they're not a hundred percent rabid about that product or service. And if you're selling a skincare product, I want you to be on fire about skincare. I really do. Uh, because there's a lot of opportunities out there. I, 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 sometimes I want to come back to, to that product or service as well. I mean, I get the big picture, but when I hear that, and I think people are, are getting used to that as well, that when you start talking the big picture right off the bat, now you just talked about that. It was your last question, wasn't it? Amongst those seven questions on coaching, that big picture question was your last one. Uh, you led in with some more tangible ones first. Yeah. And, and I'm chuckling because I know Mary and I know it has nothing to do with uh, network marketing. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but, 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 but here's what's funny is I had, I'm, so right now I'm writing a, a goals program for Gateway Church uh, here okay. in Dallas or they're in Southlake. Their main campus is in Southlake. Um, and it, this is the first time I've incorporated this into a goals program. 80% of the world isn't goals oriented. They're problem solving oriented. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going through the Ziegler goal setting system 
and I'm writing, you know, uh, identify the goal. And then I put, you know, slash problem you want to solve. And then I write, okay, uh, list the benefits of achieving the goal slash solving the problem. And as I'm doing it, I'm, my mind is having this battle because this is 40 years of education and goals orientation, you know, that's, but when I go out and I do the survey in the audience, how many of you would rather get up in the morning and write down the to-do list and solve problems? Yeah. 80% of the hands go up. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, my aha is what Mary said is I'm actually in the process of flipping my early question from, Hey, you know, what would your, what would a perfect day or a perfect life look like or your dream life look like? Because that's very positive. That's very orientated. And that's the way I am. But now I'm, I'm kind of flipping that to, man, what's the, what's the problem that's keeping you up? Right. What's, what's the, what's the thing that doesn't let you sleep? What's the, what's the thing that you'd want to solve because people are problem solvers. Uh -huh. And so I've changed my mindset. You know, dad said this, Zig Ziglar said this, um, identifying a problem is not negative. It's positive. It's only when we stay focused on the problem that it becomes negative. Yeah. And so understanding the need goes hand in hand with, um, uh, identifying the problem. So I would, I would, I would even, uh, you know, lead, man, I, you know, I love helping solve problems. What's the biggest problem you're, you're challenged with right yeah. now. And I appreciate that from the first time you shared that with, with us, but it was the first time I heard it as well. Cause I think about that more, Tom, even my desires, I tend to come at them problematically. Here's something that I am not okay with. I want to be better. And I think about it that, and yeah, sometimes I'm going to ask that big question, what's your dream life? And I can answer that, but I tend to look at what are the things that I am, I'm not okay now, if this hasn't changed in a year, if I haven't achieved this in a year, if I, uh, if I haven't realized this in so, and however long, uh, and so I, I think that's huge. I really do. And yeah, if you're talking 80% of the populace, that really dictates how we should be strategizing our sales pitch, how we do this. Uh, here, here's another one. Chelsea, she says, when people call my practice, I always ask, okay, so tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you. Then when they describe their pain, I explain why medical massage is different than other massage mo modalities, what it sounds, what it sounds like the issue may be, and then tell them what to expect. Um, so she's talking about medical massage. I, I like that because as you know, I'm involved uh, in, on the medical side in functional medicine. So when people call here, I know that they have that interest. They wouldn't have called here otherwise. And so I will find myself not just trying to sell us. Hey, here's what we do. Here's how we can help. I'll talk about, gosh, I, I, you know, what is going on with you? And I, yeah, I think just like she's talking about medical massage can help. I think functional medicine is, is the best answer you're going to get for this. And there are other, you know, providers around. I know they're dealing with this and I'll talk about it kind of on the, the big scale, not about us sometimes at the point of when they'll say, okay, so, so how would I be involved with you guys, with your practice? Uh, they'll come back to, and I, again, I like that. It's not just the hard sell of we're the only answer because we never are. 
You know, I mean, that, that is a truth. I, I guess that maybe comes back to the humility. I, I am, am I ever going to have the best product or the best service on planet earth? Am I ever going to be the best speaker, the best podcaster, the best dad? I, I can't be, I don't, I, I don't believe it. Is that, is that pessimistic? Can we say this on this Ziggler show? Can we, am I being negative? <laughs> But I, but I don't, I, I am, you know, I am good. There's usually a reason, of course, why then do come to me and you got to have that. But, um, boy, there, there's, uh, you know, se- se- but it's going back to selling that concept for her medical massage for you. Yeah. I know you could do that, Tom, to sell the fact that most people are going to achieve their best success. If they get some coaching, whether it's with Ziggler, whether it's with somebody else, you're a fan of coaching, of having personal mentoring, coaching guidance in whatever way most people are going to need to pay for it. And of course, Ziggler is one of the best places on the planet earth to go, but I know that you're a fan and advocate of getting help. Yeah. And I'll tell somebody, I'll say, you know what, uh, you, I'll either say you should be a coach or you need a coach mm. and whatever yeah. you do, if you don't do it with us, do it with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Because I'm a, I'm a big believer in it. I love the last example of medical massage because, um, for everybody listening, this is just a great story to put in your head. Uh, what she said was, is, uh, where does it hurt? Where's the, tell me about your pain. Where does it hurt? Okay. So it doesn't matter whether you're selling a lawnmower or medical massage. Yeah. The first thing, where do, uh, how do you want to feel? I mean, how far away from normal? I mean, when was the last time you felt normal? When was the first time you got up in the morning and you didn't have to stretch for 30 minutes and take Advil and go through the routine, right? To live life to its fullest. So what we've just done is we've we've differentiated, we've created a gap, a distance between the pain they're in and the vision or the way they want life to be. And so no matter what you sell, you can always ask the pain vision questions. What are the, what's the pain you're in? What's it costing you? You know, why is this keeping you up at night? How much business are you losing? Uh, how much frustration are you going through because of this issue? And then how do you want it to be? And the bigger that gap, the more they need you to step in the gap and yeah. fill it, help them close the gap. Yeah. So you, you, I was just going to say that little quippy term. Uh, what is it? Uh, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice in any business. Okay. Thank you. Cause I was just going to go there. So my, my business partner, Dr. Randy James, my co-host on our new podcast, the true life show that a lot of you guys have been tuning into. And thank you for the recent, a uh, lot of reviews and ratings and, uh, and your doctor, Tom Ziegler, uh, yes. Dr. Randy James. So he is great in this practice where he, people come from across the country and sometimes from overseas to see him. His line is you are the boss. Uh, these you're here to get to, to achieve your goals, not his. And I love one of the questions he generally puts forward to people is what is your goal next year? So in your health journey next year, are you hoping to slide into a nursing home? Or are you hoping to win the Olympics? And people laugh because it's generally neither. Uh, neither. But it, it, it outlines what is your goal? And you tell him that because some people may say, I want to be able to walk up the stairs with no pain in my knees. I want to be able to bend down and play with my kids. And yet we also have a 60-year-old 
Uh, what are you showing me there, Tom? Yeah, so I'm showing you from uh, August 26th, yeah. which was my care plan from today. Okay. From uh, Dr. Randy James. Number one is what is true life? There you go. Yeah, so what a great thing. And he, I mean, lets, and he lets you define it. And it is I, A lot of times I talk about this and I don't get specific and people, I get responses later going, hey, what is that practice? It's true life medicine. So if you're interested, truelifemedicine.com, anybody can go look at it, even for context, what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, that, that one person's goal is to not have pain in their knees. And another person's goal, we just had a guy who set the personal, or he set the age uh, the age group record for over 60 in a hundred mile run, uh, here in Colorado. And he's one of our patients and he came here because he wants to be able to set the record and he wants to keep it. And he wants to be able to, I mean, running a hundred miles is overuse. You don't do that to be healthy. You do that to achieve something, but you're hurting yourself. <laughs> so he is, so he wants help recovering well so that he can do it another time. And those are very different goals. We had a guy, I'll never forget him, who came here and it was just to get out of a wheelchair so that he could go have a certain experience. He wanted to go visit uh, a couple places that were meaningful to him in his life before he died, but he needed to be able to get out of a wheelchair. So you got two ends of the spectrum and that dictates, right back to your quote, that dictate, dictates the diagnosis is based on that. Man, I've had so many people try to sell me things because uh, I'm, I'm a human. Do I need any help or guidance in finances? Uh, of course I do. But finances is huge. Again, just like health. What areas do I want financial help in? I'm not a huge investor in you know, the stock market or funds or whatever. I like real estate. So that's just what I've chosen. So don't waste your time trying to sell me on your next fund or, or, or whatever. But if you got real estate, that's where my interest is. And I've had so many people try to sell me on this big package of uh, finance. It covers a lot of areas that I've just made a decision I'm not, cons I'm not interested in. They should, going back to your quote, diagnose better and man, people violate that right. more and just go in like a bull in a China shop. Yeah. And so here are two very, very sophisticated diagnosis questions that a salesperson should always ask. You ready? Yep. The first one is, can you tell me more? Yep. <laughs> can you tell me, can you tell me more? And then when they get tired of hearing you say, can you tell me more? Then you just say, what else? That's great. <laughs> Those, they work, they work unbelievably well. And the thing is, is that people are, are, you know, in a relationship, especially in a sales relationship, if you don't have a prior relationship with them, um, they're not going to, they're not going to spill everything in, in one. You get lucky when somebody spills everything. Uh, yeah. But usually they'll come in and they'll say, yeah, you know, my shoulder hurts. I'm wondering if that medical massage will, will work. What can you tell me for? Yeah, you know, uh, I really, I can't lift my arm above my shoulder and I can't even really put my shirt on without pain. Well, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, it came from a car wreck that I had about three months ago. Oh, really? Can you tell me more about that? And you know what I mean? It just... And then all of a sudden they're revealing to you the domino effect that this one issue's had on their whole life, where it started. And you can't really do medical massage on a shoulder 
and do it safely and unless you know that they've mm -hmm. had a pretty serious car you know back in wreck from the back because you got to know everything that's going on so yeah tell that, me more what else i i just like your analogy if we, if we, as we ended up talking about medical that is a great one because you can't just willy-nilly sell something in that sector because of liability so you do need to be careful, uh, not to make the medical arena a great place for sales necessarily, but I do like that aspect. How great for us to all have that gravity to think we do not, well, you said it, we don't want malpractice. We don't want to misdiagnose somebody. And that is where bad sales happen. If, if sales is truly, as Zig Ziglar said, a transference of feeling and authentically caring about something, uh, I, I, which brings me back to, you know, I love having or practicing, I should say having, yes, but practicing regardless, walk away power that I do not need this sale. It's a great mantra. It should be in the back of your head or behind somebody else's head. If you're talking to them of saying, I do not have to have the sale. I have to care for the person, you know, and I'll put it back on, on your doctor, Dr. Randy James. He is great. I don't know how many times where I've heard him talk with a, with a patient and go through. And sometimes this may be after they've been with him for a while. And, you know, it's, it's costly to be here. It costs a good amount of money to be at the practice where he's saying, you know what, for where you are right now, because you can't afford everything, I think you should uh, not be a, a patient with us right now. Go put your money towards X. You need cognitive training right now. You need therapy. You need uh, X, Y, Z. Go put it there because he cares about that person, not about making a buck regardless. And if we, we would, if we would come in with that, I mean, that leads us by proxy to having to understand that person. And then we come to the, I don't know if there's a rule of thumb, Tom. I mean, I know we like to throw numbers around, but the percentage of time in any sales presentation that you are talking as opposed to listening and you know, we'd be, and I'll put this in the intro. I mean, folks, you want the you want the Bible on this stuff? We happen to know a book. It's called Secrets of Closing the Sale. You can go to Ziggler.com and, and get it. You can go to lots of places and get it. You can probably go to your local bookstore and get it. Uh, but man, this is the book that the, I don't know how many people we've had on this show as guests cite having read it or listened to it over and over and yep. over. And the new book, the new revised updated edition just came out uh, a couple of months ago. Did it really? So, yeah. So we've got, I've written some things in there. Uh, Kevin Harrington's got some information in there. So we've kind of updated it all. We didn't take anything out. So all the Zig stuff is there. So the Zig fans, uh, don't worry. Uh, all we did was, was add some things that are more relevant in a social media driven, uh, technology driven sales environment. And I need to get one, uh, for the, for that added information. And because as I looked before this call, mine's missing, which means somebody borrowed it or uh, they needed it, or I gave it to somebody. So there you go. All right, and, and, and Ziggler.com, you can go to the online store and get it there. Um, I mean, we could keep going down through these, Tom. So many people, thankfully, did talk about understanding, asking questions, understanding, asking questions. You can go, I think this was the October, if you go to my Facebook page, Agent K. Miller, this is the October 18th post. There was a ton of of responses. Obviously I did this to uh, put the question out there, but ultimately give you guys what I hope, what I think, what I, what we think you need, which is just a tutorial on Tom. I do believe we are in a lazy sales culture and uh, obviously putting caring first, putting understanding people first, but having a strategy 
and uh, not going about it lazily or just willy-nilly. And you can't have a one-size-fits-all approach. I mean, you, you know, to some degree, let's just hit on that real quick, though. I mean, you can have a strategy. And I see in any business I'm in, obviously, if you're selling a certain product, it's going to be for a certain demographic. It's not for everybody. It can't be. It has to be for a certain demographic. And generally, that demographic is going to have oftentimes some similarities. So I do generally have a certain sales strategy for that product or service that I by far and large end up coming to most of the time, but with different nuances. And this is no different than what I learned waiting tables as a youth. Everybody came there to eat. Okay. So we can all say that they're hungry people. Uh, they all came for that kind of food. So we know that, but man, you come up and if you want to do a good job and get a, my goal was always a 20 plus percent tip and hopefully close to 30%. Uh, I need to understand that person. Are they the type of person who wants to just talk and have a laugh and engage with you? Or are they the kind of person who wants you to be seen and not heard and present the bottle of wine perfectly and pour it perfectly and be a, a con, you know, be a, a high level uh, concierge. You figure that out and you cater to that and back to your line. What was it again, Tom? I need to write it. I don't think I've ever heard it that way uh, as far as prescribing and diagnosing. Yeah. Uh, diagnose or prescription without diagnosis is malpractice in any business. That is, I have never heard that. And that is brilliant because that right away takes away the ability for you to assume anything about the person you're talking about, to assume that they absolutely need your product or service for the reason you think that they need it. Yeah. You know, uh, just a couple of things we talked about trust. Mm Mm-hmm. So to me, I have the trust word in my head. That's my ultimate goal is to build trust. So I think about it. I relate. I I build rapport. I understand their need. I sell the solution. And then I take action. I ask for the business. So here's another acronym that we use at Ziegler. It's called POGO. P-O-G-O. So we ask questions about the person or the prospect. That's the P. We ask questions about the organization, the department, or the family. Then the G is we ask about their goals and objectives. And then we ask about the O, which is the obstacles. So POGO is a great little thing to keep in your back of mind. And you don't have to ask them in that order. Uh, You know, I like to ask about obstacles first. Well, what, what are the challenges? What's the pain? What's it costing you? Well, tell me more about yourself. What do you love to do in life? Well, you know, my shoulder hurts and uh, my favorite pastime is riding horses and I haven't been able to do that in three months. Yeah. Well, what did that just tell you? And this is a, well, when would you like to start riding horses again? <laughs> I need to quick. My horse is getting barn sour. You know, I mean, so, so the pogo little uh, thing is another great little tip to use. So hopefully you're in a, hopefully everybody listening, hopefully you're in a position where somebody just walks up and says, I'm very interested in your project or service. Tell me about it. If you just think trust or Pogo or the doctor example, you can have a great process led sales conversation. Hey, let me take what you just said right there, folks. Everything you just heard there, another place to apply it that can rock your world is as a parent or as a spouse or as a friend, sometimes I've seen people who do take 
the gravity of sales and of influence vocationally, and they'll study up on it. They'll learn, they'll grow in it and they don't apply it to the rest of their lives. And I'm guilty as well. You know, you come home, you kick your shoes off and ugh, take off the performance, take off anything like that. And yet I just prior to this show, Tom, I had lunch with a couple dads talking about some uh, desires they had for better influence with their teen kids. And I often don't see this happening there. And I realize, man, my job, my job is, is as important. It's actually far more at the dinner table or in the living room with my kids, especially my teen kids, my, and my older kids of having this same thing of showing that I care and understanding their perspective and their side of the story. Uh, it's the only way that I have hope of having any influence for the things that I do desire for their lives. And I see some, so many people, and I've done it myself who violate all these things in those personal relationships. And they think that they know the diagnosis or, and they may be shoving it down their throat and that's not the way it happens. And same thing with my wife, when she, you know, has a need or wants to share something or I want to share something there, we've got to be aware of the person. So, uh, which is why somebody, I think it was your dad said, we're all in sales. We're all influencing. Uh, <laughs> so this, this is huge. You know, it, and I, I can put this in the intro, but, um, you know, right now I know Ziegler is doing a big push with, with coaching right now. Uh, but on, is there anything coming up? As far as, uh, yeah, sales. Well, I guess that's it. The new revised book, isn't it? The new revised book. Yeah, on okay. sales, the, the Secrets of Closing the Sale revised book is out. Okay. Um, okay. Definitely the Secrets of Closing the Sale audio program is a classic. It um, is beyond a classic. And yeah. the best one of the best sales stories I ever heard was somebody who went from number 75 out of 150 salespeople to number one simply by reading secrets of closing the sale and listening to the audio at the same time about 20 minutes before he went in and did every call. That's great. So, I mean, the difference between average and, and number one is not that much. Yeah. It's just how you use your time. It's a choice. It is, man. I, I, gosh, we gotta, we gotta end this thing, but it's just so good. That spirit right there. I think about that, Tom, sometimes I'll have to, it's like putting on a different hat, you know, if, uh, and, and if you're going along and I'm focused on writing something and I'm developing something, I'm pretty serious. And yet when I need to do a call like this, if it was a sales call, I need to whew, put on a, put on a different hat, kind of get myself motivated and listening to something like that. I mean, how many people have listened to a Zig Ziglar tape and you feel like a different person five minutes into it? That is, that's a great, that's a great tactic right there. Make sure you've gotten yourself in the right spirit. Tom, uh, love this topic. Obviously we are all in sales and, uh, I learned something new today, which I do every time I talk with you. Thank you, brother. Yeah. We all learned something new. Yes, we did. Well, friends, you should have some ideas and motivation to take time in crafting how you will not even pitch, just bring up and share your product, service, message, or idea. And there are people who need what you have to offer, but you must do the work to make your conversation attractive and engaging. Giving it any focus at all is going to set you apart and drastically increase your opportunity for success. 
Well, coming up in episode 731, how to ensure everyone hears what you are saying with Jared Horvath. Uh, think about meetings, PowerPoint presentations, on-stage talks, and whether you are a pastor, presenter, or teacher, again, we're back to selling, but anytime you are speaking and want people to really listen and be engaged, chances are you're doing it wrong, or you could at least be doing it better. So Jared, Jared Cooney Horvath, uh, he's a cognitive neuroscientist with a master's degree from Harvard University and his doctorate from the University of Melbourne. His muse, however, is the workplace. It's selling and communicating, and he walks us through what is normally done and what's happening in the brain and why uh, we are often so ineffective. He brilliantly lays out what the brain does when we talk while showing text and we can only follow one thing, not both. He tells us why images add so much to a talk, but you know, how many, what kind? I mean, truly folks, this is going to resonate with you right off the bat and give you some tremendous tips on what to do and what not to do in your next presentation of any type. It's why Jared's been featured in the New York Times, PBS, BBC, The Economist, New Scientist, and ABC's Catalyst. I shared Jared's book with a doctor not long ago, and she responded that she stayed up that night late, totally reworked the presentation she was uh, doing at a conference the next day. Uh, and I'm prepping for a keynote speaking engagement overseas and following along with Jared's counsel to structure the entire talk. So the book is Stop Talking, Start Influencing, 12 Messages from Brain Science to Make Your Message Stick. And that's our focus of the episode. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs> 